Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Are you bored with that whole left versus right culture war gridlock? What if there was a way that this dumpster fire could make us stronger or more evolved? And could you possibly find some common ground with your bigot uncle this holiday season? Today, Jeff Salzman from the Daily Evolver podcast stops by to discuss integral theory. Ken Wilber's integral theory has had a huge impact on my life. And today, Jeff and I are going to explore how it can help all of us navigate our conflicted world. How did you get into into integral? How, how what was your what was your draw to all of that? Well, actually, I um, I was always a seeker. You know, I was always the kid who was questioning, and you know, I was raised Christian, and I was a believing Christian until, you know, I started reading Ayn Rand. It's an oft-told story yeah. in my mid-teens. You know, and then I become a, a sort of a militant atheist. And then I moved to Boulder and enter the green meme, which I was happy to do. You know, I was happy to leave Boulder, leave home, which was Western Pennsylvania, and come out here to the progressive. When we talk about the green meme, we're talking about progressive culture and uh, kissing all the frogs of spirituality that came through Boulder. And, you know, I was hanging around a lot of Buddhists. There's a big Buddhist community here and everybody had their teacher. And I tried to have my teacher, but nobody was lighting me up. (laughs) And one day I walked into a bookstore and I saw a book on the table and it said, Up from Eden. And honest to God, Tripp, in that moment, I... There was a shift in my whole sort of worldview and consciousness. Just look at the cover. Up from Eden. Oh, my goodness. We haven't fallen from Eden. Human beings have risen from the swamps, and there's an upward draft and the whole thing. So I bought the book, and this is by Ken Wilber, and by page 17, I knew I had found my teacher. That's interesting. Yeah. My background was I was raised in the South, but my family— we weren't part of the church or anything, but I was definitely raised around that kind of like, well, if you're not going to the church, then you're going to hell. There was definitely this. Right. I was the one saying that to you. You're the one that's telling me that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, well, if 
And I always felt this draw, this calling to a spiritual life, but I couldn't see the difference between that and religion. And I always felt very conflicted about those, about those ideas and just really struggled with that. And I remember reading an interview with Ken Wilber in um, some magazine. I remember they said he was drinking a Budweiser. And I was like, Ooh, okay, who's this guy? Because yeah. I yeah. drink a few of those. And then right. uh, he was promoting uh, Marriage of Sense and Soul. I went and picked up Marriage of Sense and Soul. I think I read it in a couple of days. And I finished it at like 10 o'clock at night and I, I didn't sleep that night. I, my brain was putting together all the pieces that had, they had, to, I, it, well, if I was going to be spiritual, I had to not be rational. And if I have, if I was going to be spiritual, then I had to hate these people or those types of, like all of that stuff just got dismantled. And really? I remember my brain just spent the entire night putting everything back into place. And it was yeah. such an ecstatic feeling of, oh, I get to be a whole person here. I can have yeah. access to all of these different things. And it wasn't like, oh, here's another, here's the next theology, or here's the next kind of thing for me. It was just, oh, thank you. Here's a system. Here's an operating system to kind of look at the world and put, yeah. make some sense of things. And um, I was just, I was like, it just, it was amazing for me. I, and yeah. suddenly I felt free to explore so many different ideas and so many yeah. different uh, and not feel threatened, like, well, if I go down this route, then this means I'm in this box. I, I, I felt like I had access to all of those different things. Was that similar to you? Yeah, and it's an oft-told story. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, People talk about it being psychoactive uh, because there's a new worldview that arises. I mean, that's actually what the theory is saying. Mm -hmm. It's called integral consciousness, integral theory, because it seeks to integrate really all of the truths of the human story. Right. Instead of pitting them against one another, it's exactly. how, do they, how do they work together? How do they fit together? Which can sound like a really nasty casserole. You know, it's like you try to yeah. throw everything in one dish and it can taste really bad, but... Right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Or really bland. A, yes. But it's not like we're homogenizing or blenderizing worldviews. Each one is taken on its own terms. So we're even looking at what is an indigenous worldview? Uh, what is it to walk through the woods and not know anything about science? Mm. You know, what is it to see the Grand Canyon and not understand erosion? Mm. I mean, there it just it just is. You know, so there's that worldview, and we want to see that on its own terms. Right. And there's a traditional worldview, which is a sort of a transcendent God in heaven who's running things. That's what I was raised in. Right. And we want to actually see that on its own terms and take the beauty of that in without being limited, which is the way it is when it's taught. I mean, you're taught that that's the only way, is right. what we were talking about earlier. And then there's that modern worldview that arises out of that, which is secular uh, and rational, and it's a whole new world. It's like the Ayn Rand thing, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm no longer uh, gripped by these myths and I'm no longer afraid of hell. And that's a relief. That's a release. But what happens is I tend to, and everyone does, this is how it works. We uh, repress the stage that we're trying to get out of. So I not only want to move beyond my mythic religious thing, I want to, I want to vilify it. Make it bad, make it wrong. Make this it is bad limited. and wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do. So I spend my 20s doing that, and then I move into the next worldview, which is the postmodern worldview, where I am 
you know, it's about God and country is embarrassing by this point. For that worldview, yeah. I'm into a, a world-centric, I'm a child of the universe, I'm, you know, all of this new stuff. And I'm listening to you know, sexual revolution, listening to rock and roll, all, you know, the whole thing, that the whole green culture. Mm -hmm. And I, so then I want to marginalize my modern self, my rational self and say, you know, don't overthink and don't think too hard and all this stuff. And that works for a while. And then the, the next stage, you know, this is sequential. There's this is the unfolding of consciousness is that that's the theory is that we enter an integral stage where we start saying, wait a minute, all of those were beautiful. All of those have their gifts. All of those are at war with each other. They're, you know, critiquing each other like crazy. But we actually don't have to do that. As, as long as we accept what they have to offer without the grip of it being the only way. Right. And that's hard when our identity is attached to that. Like, this is what Absolutely. defines me. This is what defines my group. And everything else is a threat to that, then it's hard to yes. see the benefits of the other perspectives, the other worldviews. It's true. Yeah. And so we see it in the culture. And this is basically the terrain of the culture war. Mm -hmm. We have the traditionalists, we have the postmodernists. So we have the progressives, we have the traditionalists, the God and country versus the multiculturals. And they're basically trying to pull the modernists, they get half of the modernists. In a two-party system, they have to split that up. So the, you know, the business people tend to go with the uh, conservatives, and the academics tend to go with the liberals. And welcome to the culture wars. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. You you host a podcast called The Daily Evolver, and when it comes to evolution, it seems like a like a slow process, right? We think of bones and fossils, and uh, even technology can seem to take forever if you're waiting on your hoverboard or the next you know, gadget that's coming along. What if evolution is something that we can learn to play with and in our own uh, way that we see and understand and experience the world? That's, that's the seed I want to plant today for the person that's listening, is that actually you can, you the listener or all of us can start to see how we have evolved as we've grown up, how we're evolving as a culture but then also that part of evolution is learning how to see these different stages of development and recognize that we're not fixed in any one in particular, but that we have access to, to different stages in that way. So this idea that evolution could be fun, it could be an active process that we're engaged in in, in the moment. Um, and the reason why I like this is because it personally it gives me peace of mind, you know, that, that the challenges we're facing in our lives right now are part of a continuum. Like you said, like the state of our, our politics is not that everything is fucked and everything's going down the drain right now. It's kind of always been that way. It's always been circling the drain and it's just, you know, our country's going through puberty or whatever stage of development it is just messy. And this is it. Yeah. it that helps me. That helps me relax. And it's like, yes, it's difficult, but it's also part of the growth or evolution process. Um, it also helps me just connect with others. I find that I'm less divisive or less, kind of I, less rigid when I remember to take this perspective and appreciate that others have their perspective and it's not about mine versus theirs or theirs versus mine, that, that kind of rigidity. Um, and it also just helps me feel more connected to what's happening all around as I see that we're all kind of flowing and moving in this growth path. So I, I wanted to lay that out for the listener. This is something that's always operating. It's how I work with clients. It's how I see their process. It doesn't really get talked about a whole lot, but I thought, why not? Let's talk about it. It was such a big part of my life before talking about it with you, talking about it with so many others. 
And so I thought it would be fun to, to explore that today. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I guess the, the first questions that, that come up is how, how do we evolve in that way? Like when it, when it comes to recognizing that evolution is our evolution, our development is, is a mental or emotional process. Is it something that we can be conscious of and lean into and actually operate? Or does it have to be one of those things that we grind at and it's, right. you know, we struggle against? Well, it's one of the features of integral consciousness is moving into this new view, this new world view, is that you see evolution. You begin to see that this like the story I told of myself. That was just a natural evolution that I would go from traditional to modern to postmodern to integral because we're all um, lit up by the updraft of evolution. That's a thing we actually see. And so we can see that then if we look at humanity and we look at the growth of culture, which is also very similar. And we see that culture is evolving actually quite rapidly. If you think of the way our grandfathers were or our great grandfathers were and then our fathers and then us in terms of just uh, let's just use one of the most basic integrations masculine and feminine, you know, used to be very, very rigid in terms of sex roles. And now we have caring men, we have badass women, we have, you know, and, and it's all, uh, we're actually big enough where we can hold that. And so we actually begin to trust that. What do you mean trust that, that, that we can, that it's, it just becomes more of a norm? Yeah. I mean, we see it and, and we, and we see that, you know, when you talk about getting along with other people, it's one of the first fruits of this kind of thinking where we just automatically turn criticism into curiosity is the way I see it. And, you know, I still get very critical. I still get very triggered. I, you know, yeah. there are certain things come on the TV. I have to leave for the control, you know, <laughs> remote, remote and stuff, you know, I, I, I'm triggered as much as anybody. But at least there's a second beat now where I say, wait a minute. Uh, instead of how could you say that? It's like, how could you say that? I mean, what's going on with you? How are you seeing things? And, and actually, the, the next step step is, and what do you have to teach me? I'm just not curious so that I can understand you better so I can change you to the way I think. I actually want to know what piece of the truth you have that I may be missing or have forgotten. All right. So I want to press pause here for a second because this is huge because typically we're looking to confirm our bias. We're looking to confirm our perspective and our values and, and we tend to want to push things away. So what would have us Get into the, go from critical to curious here because that's a leap. I mean, that's crawling out of the it's mud a big and leap. Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it's a, a big, big leap. leap. And you know yeah. what does it trip? Boredom. <laughs> boredom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's boring. I'm tired of it. Bored of like of defending the, and this is yeah, my way and 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 you know and reacting and you know telling these stories about the other side. And getting with my friends and we all share our stories and who boring. can, you know, uh, I mean, I, at one point it wasn't boring. Right. Now it's boring. Yes. And so that's great. That's boredom is one of the great engines of evolution because human beings, we can't stay bored for long. Yeah. You know, and, um, 
And so we'll go for anxiety over boredom. I mean, we'll try <laughs> and we'll try anything, you know. And, and so we we start getting curious, and then you find out that it's actually quite fruitful, uh, because you know other people. <laughs> you know, I, I had this idea. I think we all do at some point of our growth is that other people are a defective version of myself, you know, because it's clear the way the world works. It's clear how things are. And if you don't see that, I mean, if you're my political enemy, for instance, it's because you're either stupid or you're deluded or you've been co-opted or you're just bad. Right. You know, it's the only way to explain why you would think differently than how else would you think that, that what you think? Right. From an integral perspective, we see that these – we talk about these worldviews, and there's several of them, but the big three that are online is traditional, modern, postmodern right now. Integrals growing out of postmodern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are worlds – Let me just slow based- that down because – so traditional would be more of like I, I go to church and I believe in, yep. in God and in God and country, those types of things. Modern yes. is uh, rational. I – I, I may not have a God anymore, but but right. I, I live in a very, like, if I can measure it, then it's real. And then yep, postmodern right. might be more of the progressives. We we think of the, speaking in stereotypes here, but it's kind of like we're all one, getting yep. into that kind of consciousness. Right? Sensitivity comes online at that point. The psychotherapeutic culture really comes online there. Yep. Those are some of the upsides of it. Yes. Uh, and there, again, upsides and downsides of all of these. But Worldviews almost understates what they are. They're actually worlds. They're worlds that we live in. I mean, and they're different. So somebody, a traditional, has different receptors. They, they, They make meaning differently. They process information differently. They care about different things. One of the things that traditionalists have that, um, modernists and postmodernists have lost is you know, to the degree that they feel like they are children of Almighty God, they are living in an enchanted world. They have a soul connection to each other and to the history of their country, and, and they feel that in a soul way that is actually, by the you know, at some point, I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. And at some point, that became suffocating to me. I, I wanted to strike out in the world, and I wanted to move away and make my way. That's a classic modern move. Uh, a lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. And that's the other beauty of Integral is that everybody gets to be where they are. Yeah. There's not a pressure you know? of like, you have to change. No. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not trying to change you at all, actually. I just want to unfold you. I want to unpack you. I want to see who you are because you got something for me. And, okay. and, and that's sort of that almost like you get into the hero's journey. It's like yeah. everybody you meet has a little something for you. Okay. So we're, we're back to being, okay, I'm, I'm tired of being bored. I want to, uh, there's, there's something here that I get to learn. So if we come back to your story, leaving that traditional mythic God world, you left a part of yourself too. It meant that you cut part of yourself off. Yes. You were less whole. Yes. And so is that part of the boredom? Because I, I sense that too. There's times I was like, gosh, I wish I had access to those things. I, I envy, I envy that ability to, to take yeah. that, that worldview. I miss that. I would love to have that. Yeah. Well, so at Integral, we we get a craving for that, and um, we want to, you know, go back and see what did what did I have then that I can actually bring forward. It's not throwing out, as Ken says, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We can go find the good parts of each of these worldviews and then take them. Yeah, and mostly they're good, except for their exclusivity claim. That's the only thing we have to dismantle. 
is that their claim that they're the only truth. Okay, so this is the yeah. only way. That's the part that that kind of drags each one of these down. They all yes. do it. This is the only way to see the world, and that's yeah. the part that that makes yeah. it makes it weak. Yes. So when I, by the time I get rational, I can deconstruct all these myths of religion, and so they're gone. You know, I've done it. I've I've successfully dismantled my religiosity, and so I move on. But what I realize, and we see this in the modern world, there's an uh, anxiety, and there's an emptiness. There's there's something that is there's a hole at the center of our soul that actually wants to be seen and loved by life in some way that's transcendental, and we don't actually have to get a new myth around it, although we can sort of get one. I think actually integral theory adds new myths. It says that we've evolved through these stages, and and there's a precious part of each one of them, and we want to have all of them. But at any rate, you're no longer just writing that off as myth and something that's left in the past. And, And so let's just pause here and see how this helps politically. So if people who are traditionalists and their heart, they're, 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 you know, they don't want to buy your story about where accidents of evolution on the Big Bang floating around on a rock around the fireball. You know, they don't want that. They want to be seen and loved by God because they do feel that way. Mm. And you're trying to talk them out of that? Hell no. They're not going to buy into that. You get what the problem is. You know, it's not about facts. It's not, it's about where you live, you know, where your, your heart is, where your belly is, where your loins are, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's big, it's, it's worlds. So, you know, so then we get friendlier to these people who we thought were the yahoos. Right. You know, and also they have a mythic history of America or their country. Every country has one and that's, you know, about 53% bullshit, but there's a soul connection to the land and the history that, you know, we get modern, it starts to become a little embarrassing. Postmodern, you you think it's evil. Mm. You know, you, you need to have this deconstructed and, you know, and, and there's a truth actually to that. It does need to be deconstructed, but it doesn't need to be thrown out. It doesn't need to be destroyed. It doesn't need to be destroyed. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So as, as we get bored, as we, we start to recognize that being critical uh, we could, it's like, wait a second, there, there's something to reclaim here by learning to listen instead of defending and, and pushing my perspective. Because, I, And I don't want to make it like we have to give up our perspective. It's like I can be open to other perspectives and learn from them. And then that makes me stronger, essentially. That has me, that has me have a more inclusive or, or better experience of life altogether instead yeah. of I've chosen to live in this world. And even if it's freaking miserable... I'm going right. to hold fast to it, which is a lot different than, okay, well, if I'm not necessarily completely whole or happy here, what could I learn from these other perspectives? What could I learn from the other yeah. worlds? I don't have to do the whole baby with the bathwater goes out. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to, again, we're not trying to homogenize anything. That's the spiritual thing that is actually happening, is that you start looking at perspective, this perspective, that perspective, start letting it in, start getting curious, starting feeling it in, and then uh, all of a sudden, you realize, oh, wait a minute, I am a bigger Jeff, and I actually, all of these perspectives are available to me, they're all floating around, and they arise miraculously when and as needed. It's a miracle. Yeah. 
it can become fascinating in the, from that perspective when when we start to recognize like wow this is how we unfold i mean when we unfold this way as individuals right we go through a magical phase right and we come you know it's just like this well the only way to explain what happens in the television there's little people inside the television that are doing magical things you know it's like i remember that stage right yes, well yes, that was yes. a whole that was how a whole cultures existed for who knows most how of long human history yeah most of human history was the magical yeah. like this yeah. is magical stuff happening yes. and that's how things happen right yeah. that's how we explain everything and then um we move through this process and i think it's just helpful to recognize okay given my worldview like given how i think things actually are and i really i'm really invested in that what if what if it's only a stage what if it's just a a, a mile in the road of what is unfolding and maybe that would help us start to relax some of these things and that in like a ladder i think we've we've used that before the, the ladder is like why would we curse the previous steps they helped us get to where we are we can't just knock them out exactly. after we go up. We, we they they played a role they played a really important role yeah. and they need to continue to play a role in a new integrated us right you know in a newly integrated culture and i think that we're going to see that i think we are seeing that despite the sturm and drang of politics day to day and the trump show the ongoing trump show uh you know I, I think where we're going and where we are actually find ourselves if we look is an integration of a lot of the same principles of conservatism, liberalism. There's a new kind of integration, particularly with young people who are talk about bored. The a bored of the boomer, you know, the whole argument yeah. that the between the left and right is bored. You know, anybody under 30s has to be bored to tears. If you're not, I would advise you to rethink. I'm exhausted. By it. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted. exhausted. Yeah. You it's know, so, and it's so, so, but that's the good news yeah. in a way. Once you see that evolution is happening, I could see it in my, I can feel it in my own life. And then we could see it in the culture and it's not pretty. It's often, you know, it, we often say evolution is beautiful, but not pretty. Yeah. Uh, and you could see that in nature. It, yep. It's not, not pretty the way we have created all this beauty, but there you go. That's how, apparently how God set it up. All right. So let's see if we can help the listener. The holidays are coming up. Okay. Right. We're going we're gonna to be sitting down around the table. Might be sitting with some different worldviews, some different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so how, what could we give the listener here as an exercise as he's, as he's sitting there and he's noticing either his boredom or the blood pressure starting to rise as things are discussed around the table? How might he start to be able, or he or she be able to, be able to, be able to play with these perspectives and start to access another way of seeing what's happening there at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, fair enough. Okay. I mean, first of all, don't expect too much. We're, we're, we, we can only go as far and as fast <laughs> as we can. And like I said, I get triggered all the time with shit. But, uh, but just be more curious. I mean, I think you ask questions. You really listen. You know, when Uncle Bert is talking about whatever— and you let it in and see it from his perspective. And and, and, and again, what can you actually, you know, so much of the time when we ask questions and we listen, we're, you know, the, our goal is so that we can understand this person better so that we can influence them. Nope. 
I want to draw them in and then I'm going to find a, a, a weakness in their argument and then I'm going to get them. Yeah. And they know it. You know, we all know it. So that's a game we do, but we're not doing that game. We're doing the game that we're, we're getting curious about those people so that we can be influenced by them. Ooh, that's a, that's a big ask for some folks, I can imagine. Yeah. I want to come out of Thanksgiving dinner a bigger person than I went in, when I went in. I'm not going to worry about what they got. So first I got to let go that I need to be right. Yeah. That's a big one. Ooh, I got to let go that I need to be right. They need to be wrong. They need to be proven differently. They need to change. Okay, that's a huge commitment right off the bat. Like, what would yep. it be like? That's actually creates a lot of spaciousness when I don't need to be right and I don't need to prove you wrong anymore. I might actually start to have a lot more fun. Totally. What a, what a relief. I mean, I can feel it in this moment. Yeah. Okay. You know? so, so if I could step into that, that perspective, then I, then I can imagine being genuinely curious. I can imagine yeah. actually starting to really enjoy my interaction with somebody. And then it would be like, yeah, what would have me believe that? What would have me believe those, the things that this person would say, instead of assuming this person is, has a brain injury or they felt, you know, like, like whatever, like the, whatever the other excuses are, it's just like, what if this person's really actually pretty smart and what would have them believe that the, you know, what would have them say these things other than the blanket, they're racist, they're this, they're this, they're, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Okay. exactly. And then, yeah. and then to take it a step further, I was like, is there something, is there even one tiny bit here that I could that would influence me in a positive way. Like, what could I take away? Is there something that would help me here? doesn't mean I have to give up what I believe. Right. But could it add to it? Yes. Yeah. Integral is about adding, not choosing. Uh, and that's been a, a new sort of watchword for me, is that I, I want to hear what you have to say so that I can add whatever you have to my repertoire. And even you use racist. So th that's a l very loaded term and it's you know it's got a lot of incendiary sort of uh, qualities to it and so somebody you, you you go back home and you're listening to somebody who's saying things that you see are, are racist i mean from if, if you're in the liberal progressive postmodern or even modern worldview you gotta sort of stop that and i, I think at some point you probably do but again it's the exclusivity claims that you want to just deconstruct and get rid of. So, Wait, so so what's another way to say that? The exclusive, like this is the only way to think it. So that this person is saying that being white is the only, is the best way to be. And, and, <laughs> As they and, say and, this through their hood. Okay. What, or whatever, <laughs> you know, so the, the implications. I mean, we all have a lot of tr triggers around that sort of thing. So, you know, that's fucked up. But what's actually the positive part of that, 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 that has them in, in its grip, in, 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 even in a good way, is that they want to have a soul connection with people. They want to have a soul connection with their people. Okay? So this is what's going on for them, is that they yes. would choose to believe that about other races. Yeah. But what's really underneath that is they just want to feel more connected to the, to the people that they identify with. Yes. And, and what, and so you don't have to worry about that last part of that statement about the people I identify with. I actually want to feel a soul connection with everybody. So that's now my, that's what I got from that conversation is that I want to feel that, that where I want to, I want to know who my people are actually. Mm. 
And but it doesn't have it, 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 at a higher stage. It doesn't have anything to do with race or you know anything. It just has right. to do with because we're all human beings, and how fabulous is that? Right. But but you know a typical kind of modern postmodernist. They're still telling a story that they think is the only one that's true, right? And even then, it's just like how you cannot give anybody an inch if they exactly. have a flawed perspective like that. They are, you know, terrible, bad, wrong, must be stopped. You know, the whole cascade of kill them, you know, right? Kill them, and yeah. they and they they actually don't see the the lack of to- intolerance on that. Right, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. but so what I'm getting is that we can we can see the flaw in their reasoning, but we can understand what's really driving it, which is their yeah. deep desire to be connected with, with others. It's human. I don't want it to be where, you know, the a myth that excluding other people and demonizing other people. I don't, I'll, I'll drop that part, but I want the part that has me feeling like I belong yeah. and that, you know, there's something that is bigger than me that I have to be obedient to and faithful to. And, you know, I'm not going to let that go. I'm part of something bigger. This is where I belong. I'm loved here. I belong yeah. here. Oh yeah. yeah, I would. I want that too. That's somewhere yeah. we connect. We have different yeah. ideas about how to go about that, but I can yeah. I can connect with this person on that deeper desire. Yes. Yes. Instead of demonizing them. Yes. For, for the way that they want to go about that, but I can yeah. see that that's something we mutually have in in, in common. Yeah. Yeah. To the degree that you can do that and this other, you know, that uh, people can't resist that sort of thing. If people feel seen, like you really saw them and that they actually influenced you, oh, they're just a puddle. They mm. can't, they can't help themselves. And so that's, that's all of a sudden we have built what we just talked about. Mm. You know, we have actually a little bit of a soul connection with that person because they influenced us. Isn't that something? When we chose not to demonize them and get get wrapped up on kind of the how or the process that they were, and we got in touch with what it is their their deep desire is. Well, wait, we're actually human here. Yeah, they they have a harder time now demonizing you yeah. because you've been human with them, and now it starts to screw with. They're like, wait a second, maybe all people that are, aren't like me aren't so bad. Exactly. It starts to soften all of that. It starts to humanize everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little yeah. harder to be so hateful. And yep. so exclusive when you realize, well, I can connect with that person. He's, he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is a lot different than I'm going to put, impose my way of being on top of you and trying to convince right. you with facts and figures and shame right. and all and that kind of stuff. argue with you and, uh-huh. you know, all of that horse shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go back and listen to this, even though this, I love all this, but it's such a Aikido, it's such a, a, a soft yin way of doing these things. Yeah. That uh, and, and you end up bigger and better yeah. for it. I mean, who? I mean, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. And and this person's <laughs> flawed. And can I still find a way to love them and appreciate yes. them? Yes, yes. And of course, you might fight them politically. You're going to fight whatever, but you don't have to. The, the hatred gets dismantled. The separation uh, gets breached, and uh, we connect. And I want to be really clear because this doesn't mean that we then condone the the terrible behaviors. Right. No. But we can start to see this person and what's driving them. We can also stop their behaviors. If they were to do something hateful or try to be hurtful for somebody else, we would, we could even be, we'd be obviously be forceful to stop that behavior. But separating this behavior from, oh, I get why this person 
would believe this and do this. I, I can understand that. I would want that too. How they're going about it though. That's what we want to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I love this. This is a great place to, to kind of wrap up. This is exactly what I was looking for is a little, little, uh, yeah, a way little to... back pocket integral practice. Well, that's it. I mean, I studied integral for so long. And I remember I'd sit down with my grandmother and, and she'd be going through a problem. I was like, I had a hard time being like, well, how would integral help her? And I just really couldn't find that. This type of tool is, is wonderful for that. So yeah. if you're interested in checking out Jeff's podcast, check out the Daily Evolver. I'm sure it's anywhere and everywhere that podcasts are. Yep. Dailyevolver.com. Daily Evolver everywhere. All right, my man. Jeff, great to talk to you again. Trip, what a pleasure. Thanks so much. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.